Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning into my podcast, Keeping It Real with Caramel. As we say, 100. Yes, it's your girl coming back with some great, great news. But before I give you the great news, you know, sometimes in life that, you know, we live just to live, but sometimes we have to do creative things to make things more colorful and lifeful, you know? But you know what? I have this guest that's coming. Now, this is the news that I'm talking about. I have a guest, and his name is Thomas, and I just can't wait to talk to him. This is going to be great. We're going to have a one-on-one conversation, and we're going to just just go down, just have a good time. Hey, Thomas, thank you for being on my podcast. I appreciate for being here. I've never done a phone podcast before. It's my first, so I'm excited. Yay! <laughs> okay, Tommy. So tell me, tell the audience where you're from. I'm from. Uh, I, I live in Atlanta, Georgia, specifically in Alpharetta, up north a little bit in the Burbs, but uh, uh, from St. Louis originally. I moved down to Atlanta almost almost ten years ago. So, do you like Atlanta? I love it. It's nice. Good weather. Lots of stuff to do. Oh my God! But the traffic is ridiculous, Thomas. Like the traffic is ridiculous. It is, but if you work from home, it's great. So that's how I roll. Right. <laughs> so Thomas, when you was growing up, how like when you was growing up as as a young boy, how was your growing like your growing up hood? Like, how was your young young hood? traditional kind of stuff. I, I grew up, you know, in my early years, when I was less than 12 or 12 or so, in like the middle of nowhere, Illinois, you know, in, in the middle of nowhere, just kind of like, you know, acres around it, like some, you know, just the middle of nowhere. And that was fun because it's like you ran outside, you, you played all day, and, you know, your your parents just were happy that you came back alive, right? They had no idea where you were all day. <laughs> uh, living in St. Louis is good, you know, typical suburbia upbringing, can't complain. All the things you got to go do is as a kid, uh, but I had fun, good parents, good family, uh, you know, just had opportunities in life to, uh, you know, go to school and, and kind of grow and, you know, and do that, that you make your own, but it was, I can't complain, it was, it was, it was a big, good childhood growing up. Okay, great, and then I want to say, like, you said that you had big acres of land, like, I, I don't know, and it gets dark, it probably got really dark when you was a kid, right, like, no lights, or was it lights there, right. or no? Were you nerdy when you was growing up in high school? Um, I don't know. I nerd at heart. I, you know, athlete kind of, you know, was one of the kids was probably well liked and popular, but, but you know, definitely a, you know, I played racquetball growing up. You can't get any nerdier sport than that. Um, and so, you get any, so I, if you Google AI nerd, you'll see a bunch of things about me. So yes, definitely a nerd at heart. Uh, but I can hold my own, you know. Right. <laughs> so, do you yeah, ever? Whatever. I'm a nerd. I get it. I admit it. I'm coming clean. <laughs> do you ever think, like, what you're doing now, from when you was a kid, that you would be doing what you're doing right now? Like, do you ever sit back and say, "Well, I'm when I grow up, I'm going to be in technology, and and this is what I want to do," or was your 
in your childhood, was it going a different direction to what you are now? Well, growing up, I definitely more identified as like an athlete that wanted to be, you know, need to play sports and play all day. Um, but, you know, as you get older, you see that this, this doesn't happen, right? You know, it's just such a small percentage of people who make it that far in life. Um, but I've always liked technology, and, you know, I, I definitely knew I'd be around that growing as a, as a kind of a career. Just kind of, I like it, you know, between gaming or just coding or just how technology impacts businesses as you get older. Uh, particularly today, as a, you know, the founder of InstantlyIrrelevant.com, you know, I, I definitely saw myself being my own kind of boss. I can definitely say that with confidence that working for other people is, uh, it's not that I'm, I'm bad at it. I just don't like mm-hmm. to do it. And so, uh, but, you know, I'm writing a book called Never Been Promoted because I never have been promoted. No, it's always time. It's not about the age anyway, right? So it's about you spending the time to do it, correct? And it's you know how people you know how people put like age on it? Oh, they're forty seven, they're still doing this. They need to do this. You know what I mean? Who told the world that you have to be a certain age to do whatever you want to do? I don't know. I, I, it's kind of weird how things find you, too. I mean, I think it also speaks to why some people are just kind of generally unhappy in life because no one picks to be like their kid to be like a, you know, you know, sales admin or an HR. Like, they don't ever, very few people have that drive and get what they want. Mm-hmm. But I think you just end up doing what you, you know, the intersection where passion meets execution is typically where you'll be the happiest thing in work. Uh, and if you're not in that zone where you actually care about what you're doing, and you have a passion for it, and, and, you, and you're pretty bad. You're, you're generally just not going to be happy with what you're going to do. The problem is figuring out what the hell you're going to go do. Exactly. That is the problem because a lot of people uh, I see, like, they want to do stuff, but it's just like they don't know how to go about doing it, right? Or they hesitate, right? And they're like, I should, but I'm scared that the world will say this or someone will say that, right? So I feel like if you want to do it, go for it. Like, who's the judgment? Like, don't worry about the judgment or what people say. Just do what you feel and do what you feel like is best for you, basically. Well, yeah, it's got to have some kind of monetary component to it. Unless you're, you know, unless you're born wealthier and here wealthy, then good for you. You know, probably, you know, yeah. you have different problems. But if you, you still have to make money, so you may love, you know, petting kitties and dogs all day, but you don't, by the way, make money doing that, you're not going to probably... I guess every pet, I guess every time you pet a pet, it's a dollar, two dollars. Right, exactly. And I mean, the point is, if you can be creative to do this, um, it's it's the path I think to getting yourself uh, more happiness in what you do every day in life. You know, for for me, like I actually, you know, (laughs) I love the idea of podcasting. I I love talking all day. I could just do that. I think that needs the right career path. You got to find a way to make money doing it. I guess me and you are on the same links because I love to talk all the time. People be telling me to shut up, Thomas. Like they be like, he be please be quiet sometimes, but I can't. Anybody tell you to shut up? It should not be in your life. That's a rule of thumb. Anybody consistent to shut up? (laughs) That's my family. That's basically my family. They're like, you talk too much. Okay, mom. You know what I mean? Talk too much is different than shut up. I mean, that's like, I mean, that's just harsh. I know it is. I'm like dropping a call instead of a B word. That's just not nice. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So tell the world what you do. Um, I run a company called InstantlyRolling.com. We're a 
digital agency, but a little different one where we, uh, 99% of people come to us for help with LinkedIn, uh, specifically generating leads. We, you know, we have a good technology background with it. We, we don't automate anything. We just leverage technology to accelerate us and our customers. And we do it in a way that's not spammy, cold, outreach, and, and you know, we produce tons of interest and uh, lifelong types of customers because of how we, how we teach them to do it and how we do it for them really brings together uh, the idea of brand and, and like trust and relevance to help people, you know, buy from you and not see you on the sell. So it's a, it's for people who are really serious about LinkedIn businesses where they're trying to generate like for B2B or coaches or things like this, uh, they leverage us to professionalize their outreach and lead generation. That's awesome. And so you also do like different, do you do seminars and stuff like that? Or do you go to different places to speak about what you have going on? Yeah, so we do, uh, I haven't done a lot of seminar speaking, especially since we bore, this company was born out of COVID, uh, and we've been so busy just delivering work, I haven't gone down that path. I've done plenty of seminars and conferences in, in, in industry before, but not on this topic. But we do do trainings of sales teams, and we do, uh, you know, for larger companies, teach them how to use LinkedIn correctly and how to generate way more interest in what they're doing so they're, you know, sales development reps or business development reps could be way more effective. So we'll do those kind of digital workshops and digital seminars um, quite often. Okay. And then you said how to use LinkedIn correctly. So what's the correct way to use LinkedIn? Um, like, because basically for me, I'm thinking that using LinkedIn is going on promoting yourself and keep it moving and let people look at what you got going on. So evidently that's not the way to do it. So how will you go about, you know, telling people how to use LinkedIn correctly? Yeah, and that is a way to do it, um, for sure. <laughs> um, I will tell you, if you're – so it, understand how the algorithms work. Any social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever, Facebook, the idea is uh, to give, right, is to, you know, comment on other people's posts and, and to part, you know, and, and be authentic and real engagement. When you do this, people check out your profile. People check out what you do. Mm-hmm. And the flip side of that is if you know how to optimize your profiles correctly then, and then also create content that will resonate when people do check out your profile that's, you know, it's a what's-in-it-for-me type of content, and, and you you really know who you're commenting on and who you're engaging with on their posts and their activities to draw inbound interest. If you do that, uh, you're not selling. People are going to know you and trust you because you gave them something. You gave them attention, and you gave them vanity of their posts. So if you're using it in this way, people will connect with you at a higher rate. They'll trust you faster, and they'll be more engaged in what you're doing. Uh, when you're out there just promoting, you know, if you're weeding all over people, no one likes to get weed on, right? We do this. Mm-hmm. We do that. Mm-hmm. So don't weed on. Just don't weed on people. That's not nice. You don't weed all over people. Oh, wow. I mean, you know, sometimes I'd be like, I don't, okay, because, like, being on social media, you know, I like posting my stuff, right? And I go and go through it and, like, you know stuff or whatever but then I get off because I'm not like a really social media type person right I just like posting my stuff and moving on looking at other people's stuff liking here and moving on right but I see that I have to do more engaging with other people for them to at least acknowledge what I got going on in the first place exactly you gotta you gotta give to get a little bit um and it, so it does happen, though, when you're first starting, in particular, until you're what I would call an influencer where people are seeking out your information, you do need to kind of contribute to your overall group because you, you need to be able to become that thought leader, become that influencer, become you know, the person who can lead the movement, if you will. 
Um, typically, the strategy will work with most most customers. Ours will pick a primary social media channel to develop for them, and then put secondary channels out there so they have kind of you know executive evidence or presence, if you will. These are important strategies just for the purposes when people Google your name, you know, you come up on a lot of lines and you look legitimate. So if you're trying to grow your business and you're, you haven't done it on the digital front, first knowing where your customers are is a good place to start. Where, where they are online, where, where they hang out. True. And then the AI. Um, oh, yeah. The AI. Yeah. Can you talk, talk to me about that? Because the thing about it is it's like, Technology is, is growing. Pretty soon, we don't need no humans to do anything. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, give it another ten years or so, maybe. But I'm just saying, like, things are totally changing. Thomas, what's going on? What's going on? I mean, sort of again, right? So, you know, a little credential drop, just so I'm not talking kind of out of my butt here, but but the you know. My expertise is in intelligent automation AI systems. Uh, this is what I've done for the majority of my consulting career, 20 years or so, particularly in the last 10. And what I've seen, you know, in, in, you know, everyone knows this chat GPT and these kind of generative AIs, you know, uh, because if, if you Google AI nerd, you'll see a few things about me out there. The, the, the biggest thing with that is, is I got access to OpenAI's beta very early. So we've been using GPT for a very long time. And, and I will tell you, it fundamentally changes, we'll say, just in the content creation alone. But the application of how AI can be leveraged in this very generalized format to create code, how images to give you some kind of strategy, it's really powerful. But it won't replace the human. It'll just accelerate us into different areas. Mm-hmm. Some jobs will go away. Some things will be less valuable. But what will happen is it, it'll, it'll shift and create a whole bunch more jobs. It'll create a whole bunch more opportunities because you'll have more of your brain to get to use because you'll have somebody there that can do some of the hard thinking that you just won't have the time or patience to go work through. But if you had that kind of data back presented to you, you could take the next step to do something amazing. You could do something better. So leveraging these technologies in the future will accelerate us um, and, and, and really help you run a business more smoothly, more effectively, and, and, you know, define the things you do to your customer base even better. I mean, it'll be really endless uh, and fully open to what the opportunities will be. Okay. And so what about the people that does is not technology savvy? Like they never did it before, you know, and I think it's basically the older generation that um, – doesn't know about computers that much, you know? And so I think that they, do you think that they're going to get lost into what's going on in the world today? Yeah, no doubt. So, so part of, I mean, that intergenerational piece is is, is the the technology gap that will happen. And that's going to happen. The technology is easy to ever use. So it's getting easier, but it is complex. Um, but the skill, but what I find is that the, the generations that don't get the technology understand how to manage people that really know how to use the technology. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so what I find is that you know, the older you get, you just leverage the skills you have, which is, well, I don't know how to do it, but I know how to manage you to do it because I know what business value I want, and I can leverage people and technology together to help me get there because you can see things you have more experience. And that experience will still be crucial in – Executing business and growing business is, is, is beyond just, you know, what GPT told me. What did life tell you? What, did, what is your experience growing you know, markets or teams or what have you? That's super valuable. You just got to leverage. You just got to draw upon what you're good at, mm-hmm. 
leverage for what other people are good at. That's what you should be doing. I think you should be doing it as you get older. Well, yeah, they should be, but do they? You know? And well, the successful ones certainly do. <laughs> true, true. So, and what do you see this world in with regarding technology? What where do you see this world going towards in like another fifteen years? Oh, I think the the, the acceleration of technology in the next fifteen years will be significant. Uh, in, and I do mean that. I think you'll see more advances in the next fifteen than we saw in the last thirty. Mm-hmm. And it will, <laughs> especially you know, you, you know. At least I go from, let's say, you know, mid-40s to almost 60, it's going to seem like it's really overwhelming, right? And I, it's, it's just going to go faster. I think the it's just going to be a different world 15 years from now, I mean, from just day-to-day use of technology embedded in our lives, for, for better or worse. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be a different world because I was looking at this. Uh, I forgot what I was looking at, but it was just like um, these robots. And they was interviewing them, and it was like these genius people, that technology people, scientists, and all that. And then they was talking to the robots, and it was just amazing the things that the questions that they asked them that they came with a great like a great response back. You know what I mean? And I was just overwhelmed, and I was like stuck because I was like I can't believe like this is what is going to happen, you know? And it's kind of like it's not frightening. But when you're not used to something, is it something that kind of scares you a little bit because you're like, oh, my God, like this is what's going to happen in another 15 or 20 years, that we're going to have robots talking to us and having a feedback. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, and build are in the shape of a robot, right? That, that's the same technology that's out of the generative that's just behind it, right? That's just like a, like a presentation layer, if you will. It's no different than chatting with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the scary piece is when this technology is leveraged behind the scenes without your knowledge to influence or sway you, either being, let's say, politics or what you buy or where you go for vacation or what have you. That's where it's a little scary is how much you're easily manipulated by the technology. You can take your entire search history, location data, your gender, your race, your preferences in life, all that. And factor that into a math model that comes out and can influence you to do one thing or another. And that's that's to me a little, a little more scary. Yeah. Um, but it's it can be good too because you can, you can say, oh, that's actually the shoe I want. That's actually the vacation I want. That's actually who I want to go for. Yeah. As long as that data that was used to do that is uh, um, like you know transparent and, and you know you know, there's some transparency and explainability in the decisions and the influence it has. That's that's where the uh, that's where the problems come in is this transparency and explainability piece. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just like, you know, I just just look at stuff and then and I'm just imagine it's like, you know, I feel like sometimes I feel like we're out of space. <laughs> like, I'm seeing like, what? What's really going on, Tom? It's like, right. like it's, it's, um, it's just amazing how things has changed from, you remember the phone that um, we used to have to dial and it rolls back, like that ro- rotate phone, you know, no, 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 and it comes back. You remember, the, you remember those phones? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you remember the pay phones when you put, I had to put, go to the pay phone and put a nickel in there or a dime or whatever it was, you know. And yeah. from what it is now, it went from like from the beeper, was it a beeper? Yeah, it was a beeper to a, a flip cell phone. 
and to what we have now. Like, this is like, it went from here to there. Well, and, there, and we've gone back to the flip phones. You look, there's like these new flip phones that are like they flip out like an iPhone now. They're amazing. It's a full LCD CD screen that folds up so you don't scratch it. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. So, uh, maybe I got to go get one. (laughs) Exactly. But I know, right? I'm, I'm, I'm being like, I don't know. But it's just amazing how things has evolved, how things has changed, and then we got more changes coming. Way more, and that's the one thing that's consistently going to happen is the change. And if I think about younger generations, and you know, you know, everyone's worried about the next gen, or they're, you know, as long as you have creativity and the ability to evolve and adapt, you're going to be more than fine in any in any environment. And key skills, I think, kind of moving forward for anybody in that is ability to create, and it's ability to think uh, logically, it's ability to adapt and evolve to whatever's going on around you maybe kind of a positive attitude while you do it, you're going to be just fine. You're going to have lots of opportunities in life. You let things overwhelm you. You're always the victim. If you're always the one that's eating, you know, never at fault. You never take responsibility. I don't care what the environment is. You're never going to be successful. You're right about that. (laughs) So um, why, why should businesses need a strategy to a sale? Like they, they need to get a plan to sell their business. So why do you think that to be to be faster, stronger, and bigger? So how how can they do that? Like because now it's just like a lot of businesses is like they're lo- people are losing their business. To be honest, so how can they you know accelerate to become you know have a a business? They need a business plan. We know that, but what do they need to do to to get a business plan? Like who do they need to talk to? Like a finance person or? What do they need to do to keep their business, basically? Well, that's a great point, a question. So as a business plan goes, you know, to be fair, I, I built a business without a full plan. What I focus is on the problem. And so I think that's key is, you know, it's execution on the idea that solves a problem. So ideas are great. Execution is everything. If you are solving a problem that no one has, you're not going to ever make it as a business. If you solve a problem that everyone else solves the same way, you're going to struggle because you're not going to differentiate. So understanding how you're solving the problem, what that problem is, is what's going to matter. And so if, if you're in a business that's, you know, it could be from cutting hair to, you know, consulting to, you know, a startup that does software, all those same principles apply of, of you know, how you manage your books and your business and what your offers, what your prices are, what kind of value you add, and what's the problems you solve. Um, but the truth is that, you know, I, I, we can't continually protect every business and every industry in the in our, in at least the U.S. Some have to fail so other things can come up and be reborn. If you continually protect the old ways of doing things or things that are there, nothing new ever arrives. Mm-hmm. So there's some healthy things that happen out of people you know, and companies failing and businesses going out, so new things come in and get responding. Because also people ideas, so it sucks to lose a business, right, or or have it closed because you can't figure it out. But does that give you an opportunity to do something that you would have rather have done 10 years ago or 20 years ago or five years ago when you started that business? What have you learned from that? What can you do next? And so the perseverance and not giving up and not quitting is, is really, really core, right? I mean, you got to make sure that you, you're always adapting and evolving yourself. Okay, okay. Listen to Thomas. Y'all listen to Thomas. He as well. Great 
great feedback. He He's telling you what you need to do, so please listen. Please listen. So, Thomas, it says it's time to ditch out-of-date marketing, right? So, oh, tell me what you mean about that. Oh, man, well, I, I, this will focus probably more. I'm going to target this comment to um, smaller businesses, entrepreneurs, because the, the larger ones aren't just going to do this right away. <laughs> you don't need you know, endless budget. You, know, you don't need marketing. And a lot of companies, marketing expense is the second most expensive thing to their uh, employees, even over inventory sometimes. And you just don't need to do that nowadays. It's just going to be more targeted and more focused. You, you really have to just simplify and niche what it is you do. And, and so the more complex businesses, the bigger things I'm not really talking to you on this because you have funds and you have things to do. But the people who have one or two products or services, they're really trying to focus on, you know, selling to the right people. These technologies today can help you better differentiate with what you're doing, what you're selling, have a better idea of who you should sell to and why from data and analytics. Easier channels from like just building websites faster to social media, just outreach. There's so much more effective ways than the old way where you have to knock on doors, pick up phone calls to, to do it. If you're thinking, well, you know, I came from this big company and this is how they did the marketing, it's not going to work for your small company. you you got to be so lean, so just focused on what you need to go deliver and really track the, the data and the ROI that you're putting into it so you know how to pivot and when to pivot if you need to. Uh, but I guess the short answer to that is if you you're acting like a big company as a small one, you're trying to, you know, have a big CRM and you're trying to check all these things and you're endlessly using metrics, you probably don't need any of that. You probably just need to focus on the one thing that matters, which is driving revenue into your company and trying to get so you have good cash flow. And if you can continue to do those things with all the other stuff, we'll, we'll sort it out. Okay, so the question is trying to get revenue for your small company. So how could they get revenue if they can't even, like, they don't know how to market you know, if they, if they don't know yeah. how to be, if they don't know how to market their business, there's no way that they're going to get revenue. That, well, that's that's a good point. So to market your business, you have to start with what it is you're selling and what problem you're solving. So this is where the tech could be cool. If you if you were the GBT4 and you said, hey, I'm a fill in the blank business. This is what my offering is. What are my customers worried about? Take the you know to ask the ask the technology to take the position as a customer. What is it that they need? How, how should I sell them? What do they not want me to do? And look at some of the things that this technology will come back with to see if you're doing it right, wrong, or if you never considered some things. Learn how to market from leveraging you know tons of articles online and, and and listening to you know live events online and like whatever you got to do. There's so much information out there that should give you a good step towards solving that problem. If you're just guessing and throwing you know, shit on the walls and seeing if it's gonna stick, you're never gonna make it. You might get lucky, but you won't really understand why. Mm-hmm. And it's better to just do the research, do the hard work, show some perseverance and get in the weeds with it because that, that's what's going to make you successful. And if you can do that, you will. And so if you're not making revenue for what you're selling, you, it, first of all, ask your call is, is are there other people selling the exact same thing making money? If so, go re, go you know, replicate exactly what they're doing. Just go copy it and then go find your own spin of it. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> Just go copy what other people do that works and then go make your own version of that. Because if you can't figure it out, Find ways to figure it out or, or get out of the game of, of, of trying. Okay. So when you say abandoning the Coca Cola marketing mindset, I really wanted, because I was like Coca Cola mindset. So, Fizz, you know, Coca Cola, Fizz, what, what do you mean by that? Abandoning the Coca Cola. Well, I, I think, yeah, I think it's a good 
Yeah, I think I touched on it. It's thinking that you have to act like a giant company. Coca-Cola is fantastic at marketing products, but they also have an incredible amount of capital to do it. And if you're as a smaller business, you can't think you can, you're going to need all the same resources that big companies going to need. You're okay. not going to have time or people to track and you know and, and create things and do things. You're going to have to be very lean, very focused. Uh, one of the value propositions I know with our companies, when people hire us, they get a fractional marketing team behind them. So they get 13 roles of marketing for less than it would cost them to hire like a manager of marketing. And so when they do that, they get incredible amounts of power. So if you think if you're a business that's kind of successful and, and you're like, oh, I really would like to do more, market more, get out. You're like, I need to hire a social media person. You're going to hire one person to do 1.25 things maybe. Well, what I argue is go out and hire a company you know, that has all the capabilities you're going to need fractionally when you need them in real time to be more agile, to adapt, and move with you. This is something a big company doesn't do because they can afford to hire every person they need. Smaller people, smaller entrepreneurs, smaller companies could benefit quite a bit from a fractional uh, marketing approach. Okay, awesome. So if you could get someone advice of when they want to start up a business, what advice will you give them? Oh, man, that's a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> I would tell you, first of all, I, if you're starting a business, uh, you know, so I'm writing this book, right, and it, it's about that journey. And, there's, and the, the book goes through 50 things I wish I would have done, so I don't have time to do all those. I would say the biggest piece I do is, until you have steady revenue from your new business, keep your other job mm. and then leverage it as like call it, call it. Think of your mind as a customer or an angel investor that's paying you to go build your other job. Mm. So, uh, and that means you'll have to get you know. So if, you, if that's a job that keeps you kind of you know where you can't work on your current company, uh, you're gonna have to give up some things. You know, some Netflix nights. You have to give some going out or some weekends to go work on the thing you want to go do. But if you can do that side hustle and repeat the model where you're, where you're like, well, if I had more time to repeat the model, I could go make the money and save up as much as you can the other job to go and do it and, and build your side hustle in parallel. And then when it makes sense, because you'll know what it does, move over. That, that's the thing I would do. I wouldn't go cold turkey unless you're in a, in a position where you have to. That is good advice because, you know, um, for myself as well, you know, I, I have a, a day job, right? Um, podcast, and this is not the only thing that I do, but I do have a day job, and I do look at that. That's my investment. That's the reason why I'm working, because I want to be able to have my own, you know? And that's very good advice, because if you can't, and if you can't, you know, move on your own right away, keep your job. You have to keep your job, right? So every, so have you ever went stone, like, like, like say, forget my job, I'm just going to do my business? <laughs> So oh, I guess you did, Tom. Huh? Oh, hell yeah. Uh, I've, um, I've done that. I guess I've never been promoted. I've been asked to leave. <laughs> um, but uh, the, uh, you know, part of the reason I started my own company aside, to be just kind of a, give you an idea here, is I got sick of not being able to trust marketing to provide leads. Mm. Or I was trying to build, you know, I was building practices for these companies for services. And I just solved the problem by starting my own company and hiring my own people based off my own W-2 salary to do it and, we, and using technology. And what I found was that we were doing it so well for myself that I just decided to sell it to customers as a service, and that was enough. Um, so I kept a, a, a good W-2 job paying you know, lots of money for 
almost two years until they until they kind of caught up with it and asked me to go. But uh, I would have kept it for as long as they would have kind of turned an eye to me having a whole company on the other side working all day. So absolutely, go get yourself a good old job making tons of money and, and just just don't get used to the lifestyle because when you become an entrepreneur, you don't generally make more right away. Right, right. So you do. Good for you. I know, right? <laughs> so I was like, look, I was doing this for two years. I was making money, and I was, you know, giving my W twos. I was good to go. Awesome. Oh man, yeah. I mean, I was, I was definitely milking that system. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, I literally, I'm not gonna say who I was working for when I did this. Uh, I literally was probably working an hour and two hours a week, making well into six figures. Oh my God! <laughs> now listen. Now here's the flip side of that. It's not something to laugh and brag about because that creates a whole bunch of uh, pain at home when when you're so happy to let go of your job, making good money, and you're like, hey, I don't make anything now, but I'm gonna go full time on mine now. Yeah. So let me tell you, it's all it's funny until it'll be funnier later. I'm gonna tell you, like the computers, that'll be funny. Not quite funny yet. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. So if, if people want to get in contact with you, how can they get in contact with you? Or yeah, follow so you I, on I social media? Yeah, you can go to LinkedIn and look for Thomas Helfrich. That's that's one way. And, and uh, you can always go to instantlyrelevant.com. But I'll give you this one thing. So if you've made it this part of the podcast, uh, and if you're interested in lead generation for your business, you know, and, and you have a little bit of budget, don't come to me if you're just completely broke. Because it's like we charge for services, so know you have a little bit of budget. But you can text me. I'll actually pick up the text. If you call me, I won't because I want to remember. But if you text me and say, hey, I heard you on this podcast and you reference the podcast, I'll actually pick up. So here's the number, 314-954-6900. That's 314-954-6900. Text me, tell me what podcast you heard me on, and I'll make sure I find time to, to go talk with you uh, about lead generation, your business, what's going on in it, and go from there. But um, I, and I really will pick it up. I've been on a number of podcasts where I, where I give that number out and people contact and that's awesome you are awesome thomas you're so awesome and and i enjoy talking to you you're like uh inspiration and i tell everybody that only because when you're trying to help other people that's an inspiration impairment because you're trying to show people how to become better than themselves you know exactly you have to become happier and and when you become happier, when you, when, so the two things you need to have are passion and capabilities. And if you have no passion for anything, you're going to struggle with everything. And you have lots of passion for something, but you haven't trained yourself with the capabilities, you're still going to struggle. So no, you do have work to do. But if you can find that intersection of those two things, you're going you're gonna to be happier and do really, really well. Mm-hmm. And that was a beautiful quote. Yeah, I think it was mine. I, I hope I was mine. I don't think I <laughs> Oh, my God, Tom. He was like, I hope it was mine. Was it somebody else's or was it mine? Exactly. Well, I just want to say God bless you and keep doing what you're doing. And thank you for being on my podcast. And um, keep doing great things and keep showing people how to become better, better businesses, better themselves better small businesses, big businesses, small businesses, or whatever they're doing, and um, keep doing, just keep doing it, you know? I appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate having me on and the opportunity to talk to you and meet your audience a bit. So I hope, I hope you will reach out and um, I can help you. Great. Awesome. You take care. God bless you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.